Hello beloved and uh, welcome to this evening's message where we continue where we left off last week and that is to talk about the truth and then specifically the truth as from the perspective of John um, the Apostle John who speaks about the truth in his epistle, his letter so that we can have a, a good understanding of truth and we can stand on the truth especially in the day and age that we are living in we the truth is relative the truth is subjective uh, and people do not believe there is such a thing as objective truth you know and they they kind of just say we don't care there is your truth and there is my truth and then people stand on their own truth and uh, that's not the way that we should measure truth, especially as believers, because there is such a thing as objective truth. And that objective truth is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And because Jesus Christ is the truth, it means that scripture is filled with the truth because Jesus Christ is the center of scripture he's the the one um, that basically that scripture is all about so when you, when we talk about the truth of scripture when we talk about Christ being the truth we are saying to one another that that's what we as believers want to follow we want to embrace Jesus Christ as the truth, but we also want to embrace the fact that Jesus Christ is central in Scripture, which means that Scripture is truth. And we want to embrace that truth because it is objective. It comes from God, who is always the same. He never changes. Uh, he is not one of these flip-flop uh, kind of deities or whatever or a people that today they, he says this and the next day he says something different. God is not like that. The truth is the truth and stays the truth forever. So it's important for us if we follow the truth, if we embrace the truth, if we want to live by the truth, then we have to embrace what God has given us in his word. Right, let's just have a word of prayer before we continue. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you. Thank you for the privilege of having your word so that we can study your word and, and, and look at what your word has to say about the truth. And I pray, Father, that as we study and as we look at different aspects as revealed by the Apostle John, will you please open up our hearts to receive and our minds to understand and enable me as your servant to teach your people, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, now what I'm going to do is I'm not going to go into depth. Uh, once again, it's it's not my intention. But I think there's enough in uh, John's Gospel, John's Gospel, and in John's letter, uh, that we can have an understanding of the way that John reveals truth to us. Remember, John wrote on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one who wants to reveal these truths about the truth. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to reveal, uh, yeah, what is it? 
the reality of the truth, that there is such a thing as objective truth. And uh, John teaches us that all truth, and this is capital letter T, ne? all truth is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And the truth as found in Jesus Christ has always been preached. Now, if the truth is preached, and the truth about Christ is preached, and the fact that Jesus Christ is the truth, when that is preached, it has always been preached by inspiration of the Spirit. So we will know that it's the Holy Spirit that is uh, behind the preaching of the truth when uh, how can I say when when Christ Jesus is lifted up as the truth? If the truth of Scripture is is lifted up as objective truth, if uh, what Scripture teaches is uplifted as the unchangeable truth that God has revealed to mankind. You see, beloved, the Holy Spirit is and has always been the author of biblical truth. Now, when we hear the gospel, for example, I mean, it's a message that comes not from the world because it can't come from the world because the world hates the gospel. The world hates Christ. The world hates God. The world is under the power of the devil. So, uh, when we hear the gospel, for example, it is a message that comes not from the world, but it comes from God. Right, so that's one of the... The interesting uh, things that we can say to one another. So, uh, for example, the gospel. There's, a, there's many things in Scripture, but let's take the gospel, for example. If the gospel is preached as revealed to us in Scripture, it is the truth that is being preached, and we can know it's been inspired by the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit inspired it, it is the truth, and we can therefore proclaim it as being the truth. It is objective truth. All right. Obviously, the world will attack us. The world will say, ah, the gospel is nonsense, and they will not want to embrace the truth of the gospel. But the thing is, the gospel cannot be changed because the gospel has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, revealed to us by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, for example. Uh, and the gospel that we listen to, and the gospel that we embrace, the gospel that we believe, uh, is, how can I say, the truth. And so we find many, many things in Scripture that we can say for certain is truth. Let's take, for example, the Ten Commandments. That's a, that's a good example. The Ten Commandments is always true. Even if, for example, what the... Uh, Roman Catholics did, or the Catholics did, is they've taken out the second commandment, you know, that we're not allowed to make any graven images, we're not allowed to bow down before them and, and worship them. They've taken that, um, how can I say, commandment, took it out of the Ten Commandments, and then they split the Ninth and Tenth Commandment into two parts. So they still have Ten Commandments, but the second commandment has been taken out. Now the thing is, even if you take it out, the truth is, and, and I want you to listen very carefully, the truth is that the Ten Commandments as inspired by God, given to Moses, written down on tablets, that those Ten Commandments, even if a, 
a large denomination or a large church group like the the, the Catholics, uh, even though they would change it, it does not change the fact that it is objective, eternal truth. So it doesn't matter what we do. doesn't matter what we say. It will always be true. So when, when we talk to people and we come from the perspective of, of the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God, then what we are doing is we are busy using the truth, objective truth that is always the same and we are basically using it to to show the world that the world is in sin the world is wrong the world is not good the people of the world is not good and only those who repent of their sin turn by faith to jesus christ and embrace the gospel they are cleansed of their sin okay and and they are how can I say, able to face the truth of, for example, the moral law of God and uh, embrace it as the truth. You see, the world will always, always run away from objective truth because it is, it is too solid. It is too immovable. And the world can't handle that. What they want is they want subjective truth that can change the whole time. It's this whole idea of um, people where, where they say it is, um, for example, gender is on a spectrum. And you can decide what, what your gender is. You can't change your sex, but you can change your gender, which means you can wake up in the morning and decide, well, today I'm somebody, someone else. And it's all based on subjective truth. Because it can be changed. But what is the objective truth. The objective truth is that God created the heaven and the earth, and on the sixth day he created human beings, and he created, obviously, Adam first, and then we see in chapter 2 how what God did on the sixth day when he created Adam. He created Adam, then he put Adam asleep um, to sleep, and then he took from Adam, he created Eve as a helpmate to Adam, and that's how God decided it should be. That's how God did it. And nobody can change that because it is a truth that, how can I say, has been revealed, obviously, to Moses when he wrote it down. But it's objective because God is the only one that was there at the creation. He was the only one that, that basically he knows exactly what happened when creation, uh, when, when he created everything. Scientists nowadays know they, they're looking for the Big Bang and they're looking for all kinds of theories to try to prove those theories. But we know that only God was there. God is the only one who, that was there right in the beginning. So either we accept God's revelation as truth or we reject God's revelation as non-truth and we try to find another truth. And that other truth is not going to be um, objective truth from God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's going to be subjective truth, which means I can now try to make up my mind and, and embrace any kind of truth that I want to. All right, so very important that there are things written in Scripture. It's the same thing with marriage. When God, how can I say, instituted marriage, he instituted marriage 
uh, a man and a woman. Now, a man will leave his father and mother and he was, will cling to his wife and the two will become one flesh. That is God's institution. That is truth. Objective truth. We can't change that. And why can't we change it? Because that's how God decided it would be. We can do whatever we want. We can, we can cry and say, oh, it's unfair and we want to have different kind of marriages and all kinds of unions and whatever. We can do that if we want to. But that's all subjective truth. It's all subjective. The only objective truth is to be found in God's word where God said he created them male and female. Right? And he brought them together to multiply and fill the earth. Okay? To rule over the earth, but also to look after the, the, the uh, after nature. God did all of that. That's all objective. Because... It is revelation that comes from God. And God hasn't changed his mind since creation, interestingly enough. God's creation story has been in existence for thousands of years. Yet, in these past few years, all of a sudden, well, let's say from the time that evolution uh, popped out its its head, uh, all of a sudden people are questioning objective truth that existed for thousands of years, uh, now all of a sudden, no, it's a big bang. It's, it's remarkable. And it's all subjective. It's done through observation, looking at this and that, and there's no real proof for it. Okay, but when we look at creation and the way that God created the earth, and we know that earth does not exist anymore. The, the earth that God created in the beginning doesn't exist anymore because it was destroyed by a flood. And once again, that flood tells us why we have mountains and why we have deep, deep valleys and why we have rocks that's overturned. And and it tells us why we have uh, fossils that are in, for example, the Great Canyon. And there are fossils that are so-called in the fossil record of evolutionists that are much younger, or let's say, on top, you know, of the fossil record, much higher in the fossil record than where they're supposed to be. It's as if it was turned upside down. You have trees that are upside down in the fossil record. You know, that kind of thing. How, how did that happen? Uh, when it comes to evolution or evolutionists, they use subjective truth. What we do is we use objective truth. So what we say is God revealed that there was a worldwide flood and the waters above the firmament opened up and the waters underneath the earth opened up and what happened was everything was just flooded, right? And it was toppled. So that's where you find all these massive rocks and these formations and mountains and all these kind of things. That's why we find it in the fossil record. That's why we find that uh, animals like, for example, dinosaurs in mass graves, looks like a mass grave, and it's actually just the area where a lot of these animals were, um, and all of a sudden they were killed. And um, it's it's just remarkable. All right, so objective truth is found in God's Word. And the reason why is because the Holy Spirit is the author of biblical truth. The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning, no? He was there when God created everything. 
The Holy Spirit was the one that was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit was the one who actually did the creation work. Jesus Christ was the word that was spoken. And God the Father was the one who spoke the word. How, do we, how can we say it with so much confidence? We can say it with confidence because God was there. The triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. That's why we can say it with confidence. That's why we can say that God's word contains objective truth. That's outside of ourselves. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter how I feel about it. It doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. I don't agree with it. It is still objective truth. It's still truth that comes from God, from God Himself. Now, in First John chapter two, verse twenty, uh, and on it says, just going to quote a few parts of it. it. Says, "But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know the truth." And that's the truth you heard from the beginning. You know the truth. Why do we know the truth? How can we say we know the truth? Obviously, it's not as if the truth is in our minds. Beloved, don't don't, uh, get me wrong. It's not as if the truth is caught up in our minds. No, the truth is in God's word. And what we need to do is we need to dig into God's word and find that truth. That's the amazing thing. And once we we learn the truth and once we see the truth and once we see how things work and once we see how God did things, uh, whether it's about salvation or whether it's about creation or whether it's about the way that God worked with these people, whether it's the way that God worked with nations, whether it is, for example, the Tower of Babel where the languages of the world was confused and how different people groups developed and how God gave them a specific place to stay. You know, he set the boundaries of every nation. Those things we we read and we see in Scripture, and it is clear around us. If we look, we can see that's exactly how it worked. And it tells me that it's truth. I can accept it as the truth. Okay. Now, another thing that we see from John's Gospel as we know from the word that error, crumb, com, error comes from the world, while truth always comes from God nah, through the Holy Spirit written down in his word. Error always comes from the world because the world is in opposition to Christ, opposition to God. The world is, um, how can I say, in, in, in like an enemy towards God. First John chapter 4, um, we read, they, that's the false teachers, false prophets, and the antichrists, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. Why does the world listen to these false prophets that teach things that are not biblical? They listen to them because they speak what the world wants to hear. All right. And then it says, uh, John says, he who knows God listens to us. All right. So basically, John as an apostle says, those who listen to God listens to the apostles, those who wrote the scriptures. And obviously, they will embrace the word of God. They will embrace the truth of God's word. But those who are in the world 
they will listen to the world. They will not listen to God's people. All right, and then he says, and by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What is the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error? The spirit of truth always, 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 how can I say, is in line with God's word. Always. Okay? And the spirit of error is always in line with the world. That's how we know the difference between the two. But then again, John tells us that all truth is in Jesus Christ. Now remember, he said it, uh, I mean, I, I spoke about it already. But the thing is, we cannot overemphasize the fact that all truth ultimately, um, how can I say, resides in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and listen to what John has to say in First uh, John five twenty. He says, "And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, in order that we might know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son Jesus Christ. And this is the true God and eternal life." See how many times um, being true or um, speaking about being true or, or truth um, is mentioned here. You see, this is the amazing thing about God. He says, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. So, God the Son came to this earth, gave us understanding. Uh, obviously, why? Because it's been written down for us so that we can understand it and the Holy Spirit enables us to understand these things. So the Son of God comes to this earth. He gives us understanding with for what purpose? John says in order that we might know him who is true. So we get understanding so that we can get to know Jesus Christ and know that he is true, that he is real, that he is historical, that he is who he says he is. He is the God-man, 100% God, 100% man. And then he says, and we are in him who is true. We are in Christ. When, 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 when did we, how can I say, get into Christ in the sense of to be in Christ? When? It's at our rebirth. The moment we were regenerated, we were in Christ. And he in us, obviously. And how is Christ in us? It's through the Spirit. And we are in him by faith in him. Right? So we are in him who is, once again, he is true. Okay? And in his Son, Jesus Christ. And this is the true God and eternal life. We know that God is true. We know that God is all truth. And we know that Jesus Christ is true because he is the third person of ach, the second person of the Trinity. We do not separate that, even though we know that um, the three persons in the triune God, in the in this awesome being, that they all have their own function and their own um, work that they do, but in essence, they are one. All right, so when we talk about Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life, and that he is always, there's always only truth in him, then that's true also of the Father. That's true also of the Holy Spirit. So we, we need to understand, beloved, um, when Christ Jesus came to this earth, 
he opened up understanding for us, those who are in Christ, obviously, he opened up understanding for us to basically accept um, the truth about Christ and the truth about his word and the truth about the triune God, the truth about so many things. Jesus gives us, or how can I say, God gives us that kind of understanding. All right, and then... Uh, ultimately, so that we can know Jesus Christ. Because if we know Him, and the better we know Him, the better we understand who He is, what He has done, and that what has been written in Scripture is true. So these things are extremely, extremely important. Beloved, if we, if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe that He is the way, the truth, and the life, we are making a declaration, and that declaration is that we believe that the truth is to be found in Christ, the truth is to be found in His Word, and that truth is objective truth. We can always, always go back to it. We never, ever have to run away from it or, or how can I say, say that, no, it is not the truth. We can always embrace it as the truth. Now, obviously, I've touched on two things in the, in the Bible that I believe is, oh no, a few things in, in the Bible that I believe is true. Um, and what I believe the Scripture teaches us is true. Not because I say it, it's because Scripture says it. Remember, objective truth means it's outside of myself. The truth that I believe is not in me. The truth that I believe is outside of myself. It is found in the person of Jesus Christ and obviously revealed to us in His Word. For example, the salvation of the Gentiles. The salvation of the Gentiles are written down for us in Scripture. The Old Testament prophets wanted to, to understand the fact that um, salvation were going to the Gentiles through the Messiah. Um, but in the New Testament, it has been revealed that salvation came to the Gentiles through the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Christ. Right. So the fact that we have that revelation... And the fact that we have, how can I say, the, the truth that the Gentiles are included into the people of God, for example, um, is an objective truth statement. It's not something that I say because I think it's the best thing to say. No, it's a statement that I make based on objective truth, based on what God has said and what God has revealed. So the truth of God's word what is written in God's Word, all of it is objective truth. That's why we can say that Scripture is all-sufficient in all matters of faith and practice. And, and we can say that Scripture is the ultimate truth. And we can always go back to Scripture and we will find the truth that we need um, to be able to live godly lives, to live the kind of lives that is pleasing to God, and to answer all the questions that... Um, how can I say that Scripture answers? Obviously, there are questions that the Scripture doesn't answer because it's not important for, the, for Scripture to answer those questions. But the questions that needs to be answered, it is in Scripture. It has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. It has been revealed by the Holy Spirit. And he helped, the Holy Spirit enables us to understand the, this, this, the truth that is written in Scripture so that at the end of the day, we can act, live, Walk, talk, move in accordance to the truth that is found in Scripture.
Do you understand why Scripture is so important? Why Scripture is not just something, the Bible is not just something that that fell from heaven, you know, as a as, as a as a book of fiction or a book of myths. No, the Scripture has been inspired by the Almighty God, and in it is truth. And that truth is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit that comes and indwells us and reveals that truth to us. That's why we can understand the Bible and we can understand biblical truth. It's so amazing. I am so excited when I think about this. Beloved, because without objective truth, everybody will do whatever they want. Everybody will believe whatever they want to believe. They will think whatever they want to think. But in biblical Christianity, we have objective truth, which means that we will always go back to God's word to find out what the truth is so that we can live in accordance to that truth, embrace that truth, and also share that truth so that everybody that hears the truth has an opportunity to live in accordance to the truth of God's word. Absolutely amazing. And and this, by the way, we find in the Gospel of John. John tells us so beautifully that um, we are in that privileged position to, how can I say, to know that all truth, capital T, is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And we can embrace it with everything that is in us. What I'm going to do is I'm going to end there. And uh, God willing, I think, didn't finish, so I'll, God willing, continue next week uh, just to talk about truth. I believe it's so important for us to understand why the scriptures are so important, why God's word is so important, why we believe that the truth is hidden in the person of Jesus Christ. And as long as Christ exists and he's the second person of the Trinity, which means he has no beginning, he has no end. So for as long as Christ exists, Truth will exist because he is the truth, the way, and the life. So we can always go back to God's word. We can always go back to the revelation of Christ. And we can find the truth and we can live in accordance to that truth. And it's, it's always the best because it's objective. Okay. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for your love and kindness towards us. Thank you for who Christ is and what he came to do for us. Thank you that all truth is to be found in the person of Jesus Christ and revealed in your word. Thank you so much for that. And I pray that you will enable us to search and find that truth and to live in accordance to that truth. So that at the end of the day, Father, you may be glorified in and through our lives. As we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.